Hello, my friends, and good morning, uh, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And we're doing an er- a morning show because our guest uh, is in Heidelberg, Germany, uh, calling us all the way from Germany, is Benjamin Rommel to talk about uh, his upcoming space exploration and crew management game, uh, Galactic Crew. Welcome, Ben. Good morning. And good afternoon to you. It is uh, three in the afternoon there. Lucky you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) 6 a.m. for us. 6 a.m. for us. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of these, folks. And uh, while we love it, it does take a toll. I don't know if you can hear how tired I am, but I am so tired. Uh, But uh, yeah, so uh, folks, if you're not aware, uh, Galactic Crew is coming out this Friday. It is uh, inspired by FTL. Uh, but it has a lot um, of unique stuff on its own. So, uh, uh, Ben, for folks who either haven't heard of the game or don't know much about it, uh, give folks like the rundown of what the game is and also maybe what makes it different from FTL because there is quite a bit that makes it different. I mean, yes, it's clearly inspired by FTL, but there's also quite a bit yeah. that differentiates it as well. So uh, why don't you hit folks with the elevator pitch that uh, hit that hits all that? Okay. Um, my game, Galactic Crew, was heavily inspired by um, FTL, so I keep many style elements of FTL. Um, it's rook-like. That is, um, if you die once, you are dead, and you have to, you have to restart uh, the game by yourself. You are also um, chased by um, some sort of undefeatable nemesis in this game. However, um, I liked FTL very much, but there... So much more elements in in space than just combat and just flying around. So I kept um, important core elements like um, text-based events, for example, like the um, chasing by an enemy. Uh, space combat is comparable to FTL. However, I added also new features. For example, you can reset planets, which is I think the most important difference between my game and FTL. That is, um, once you have a teleporter on your ship, you are able to teleport your crew on the other ship to attack their crew and their equipment. But you can also um, uh, fly to planets and explore them. And there's a pretty wide range of different um, of different planets. For example, you can explore some crash site, some ancient civilizations. You can visit mining outposts. Um, and you can also gather resources. For example, you could uh, farm food on a planet. You can mine asteroids in space. So um, I wanted to keep the popular and well-known elements of FTL, but at my own stuff. So um, I wanted not to do a three-dimensional clone of FTL, but um, some sort of further development. So, for example, um, when you start the game for the very first time, you have only a very small um, set of options for configuring your game. For example, you can select only one kind of ship. You have um, only a very limited range of uh, crew members you can have. But uh, once you play the game, you can unlock uh, achievements. And the more achievements you get, that the more uh, options you can get for creating new games. For example, you can... Um, improve properties, like you make more damage to certain type of enemies. Um, you can get more money for uh, trades. And um, 
you can also add completely new game mechanics and unlock new ships, new races. And yeah, I think the planets, the resource management system and uh, the chance to add new features by unlocking them by, by playing the game are the most important differences between uh, my game and um, FTL. Yeah, I got to say that um, while FTL did have like some unlockables, your game really goes all out. <laughs> the uh, like, <laughs> I think with FTL, I haven't played it in a while because I can't because uh, that game gives me a panic attack every time I play it because the characters are named. So like every time one of them dies, I actually like feel horrible about it, <laughs> you know? So like I have a tough time playing games like that and XCOM and whatnot because it's like, no, don't die. Oh, no, I feel terrible. But uh, yeah, I think with FTL, all you could do is unlock a new ship. Um, if you want a game or something, but with your game, you can unlock all types of crap. Um, like right yes. now, uh, right now you have two different types of play. You could either be a pirate or, um, or, um, or you could be a trader merchant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you can also unlock other starting, not just ships, but other starting options. Uh, what are some of those? Like, I, I know the one that you get, you get is that you can't be boarded, which is pretty cool. But what are some of the other, um, what are some of the other options you can unlock as you go? Um, there are some very well-known, uh, kind, kind, kind of, um, additions like you can, um, increase your damage against certain types of enemies. You can, um, get better, um, options in trade. For example, you, can get more money. Um, you can harvest resources faster. Um, and at the moment, there are four different kind of playable ships, ships, and uh, three different types of playable uh, character races: um, some lizard-type aliens, some fish-like aliens, and humans, of course. And um, within the next four to five weeks, I'm adding um, twice as much content as now. That is, there will be more planets. There oh will be God. four new. Uh, playable race, um, four new playable ships, two new playable races. That is, for example, there will be some sort of androids, which are already done, but need to be adjusted, uh, to be playable. And, uh, there will be also some ant-like aliens, which look pretty cool in the concept. And I hope they turn out, uh, as well as in the concept. Um, yeah. And I, I also want to add new type of roles. For example, the merchant and the space pirate generate some sort of threat over time. For example, um, let's imagine you play as a merchant and the more money you get, the more um, you are attracted by pirates. And at some point you generate too much threat and nemesis pirates spawn and they chase you and hunt you down. And there will also be new types of roles. Uh, for example, a space, um, a space explorer, which won't generate any threat. That is, you can just play the game without having in mind, oh, oh. my God, I'm, I'm, I'm being chased by someone. However, these roles need, need to be unlocked. For example, you played for a few hours and you achieved some achievement. Then you get uh, new ships, new characters uh, to play. You get new options and, of course, new roles and new stuff to um, keep you motivated. Yeah, which which I'm actually excited about because, let's be honest, the starting ship is is kind of kind of garbage. <laughs> It's kind of yes. It, um, it, it's like it's the tar- it's small. like it's like the Tarsus in uh, Privateer, you know, just yeah. uh, just yeah. a just a hunk, <laughs> just a, just a hunk of metal. Or like the starship in uh, Eve Online, which can do barely nothing. Oh yeah, that's true. 
That's true, yeah. That, yeah do. Um, <laughs> the idea is that the very first uh, ship you are starting with, the uh, Artemis, is a pretty small ship. Um, it has only one single weapon, and it has barely enough room to hold your crew. Um, but the uh, Zeus, the, uh, the biggest ship at the moment, has um, three uh, weapon turret slots, or many turret slots, if you want to mine, and um, has around, I think, 12 different rooms. And when you are next to a space station, you can retrofit your ship. For example, for, for example, you can switch a piece of equipment. So, for example, you say, okay, um, I'm pretty bad in combat. Um, I'm way too weak. So you could replace a reactor or you can replace a um, teleporter with a shield generator to give you more shields. Or you say, okay, I have way too many rooms for my few crew members. Um, I replace some crew quarters with potential gardens to generate your own food, for example. I played around with that a little bit, and I found that as a pirate starting out, the enemies you fight aren't necessarily that tough. You can actually repair faster than they can damage you. So I ended up taking off my shield generator and putting on a teleporter. And then I would use my my two crew to repair while my my captain would fire on the enemy ship and then destroy them. So it worked out very well. Yes, um, the uh, peace feature, which prevents the um, enemy pirates to board your ship, and uh, the um, the very first phase in game before you generate any threat, are pretty peaceful. And once you figure it out, um, out like you did, how to repair stuff, um, you can easily survive the first combat. It's uh, uh, no problem. However, um, the more threat you generate, the uh, tougher your enemy gets. For example, merchants will be, will do way more damage. You will encounter larger and way more dangerous ships. However, uh, the more threat you generate, the more um, reward you get. For example, um, if you are on the first or second threat level from the five possible levels, um, you will get around 50% more money and more items from destroying your, your um, opponents. However, they are way tougher than before. And with the, the Artemis, it's very difficult. I, I was destroyed with with two stars on, on the Nemesis uh, that attacked me. And I couldn't get beyond that, but that's also because I had the starter ship. But with more gameplay, that will become a little bit easier to survive longer. Yes, yes it is. I have to say I appreciate that one of the unlockables is that you just keep playing. You know, you just play for half an hour, you play for an hour, you know, that, that sort of thing. I, I actually appreciate that sort of thing. That's pretty great. Yeah, at first, uh, the plan was only to have these uh, two, um, two kind of roles, that is uh, the merchant and the uh, space pirate, which, um, um, which shared the, the core game mechanics, but they generate threat uh, in a different way. And they start with different options. Um, however, I got um, a lot of feedback in the last weeks. And they said, hey, they just want to explore. They don't want to fight against the big ships. They don't want to manage uh, too much. They just want to fly around and explore after their, their work. And so I'm currently working on the Space Explorer. Um, I don't know when the update will come. I think at the end of October, maybe in the mid of November, um, there will be a new role called Space Explorer. And it's completely peaceful that is you still have space combat and stuff like this but you won't be chased by nemesis and you just can play the game and um 
And um, there will also be some sort of new content like um, dungeons, for example. So the space explorer can explore more than just uh, space and planets. They can even go underground. Oh, that's... I like where this is going. I really... Wow. Because, yeah, that is that is one thing. I mean, FTL was a very elegant design game, but they really missed the boat when it came to planets. And And... Yes. Planets are... Like so many space games just avoid planets in general because like they're they're not easy to do. So uh, how much uh how much complication does that add to add that whole another planet layer of gameplay? I think it depends on how you develop the game. Um I did uh the step and developed my very own game engine because at first I just wanted to develop a game engine and at the, at the end I developed a game. <laughs> um <laughs> but But, um, yeah, I started as a hobby in 2014. And after one year developing the game engine, I thought, hey, it's becoming pretty cool. And I think I, I could do an entire game with that. And then I started to develop the game itself in 2015. Um, for me, it wasn't that hard. Um, there was in, in, in all games, you have some sort of core loop. That is some, um, some stuff you always do in a repetition. For example, let's uh, think about Battlefield. You join a server, you fight a battle, you go offline. Or in FTL, you come to a new sector, you select your option, you fight, mostly, and then you jump to uh, the next sector. And so you have always your core loop. You are doing all, basic, basically one or two things you're doing all the time. And um, I need to make sure that the planets are neither too powerful, not too boring. So basically the stuff you can get on the planet um, is more than you can get in space. For example, you can get resources very easily, but the time you spend on the planet equals the time you spend on two to four space missions. So um, the balancing must fit. And from the graphic point of view, for me, um, there wasn't much to change in my game engine because the core elements, like, for example, setting your crew members, giving commands to crew members, like walking, attacking, repairing, healing, resurrecting, and stuff like this, is uh, all the same. I think um, it's very tough to make uh, planets and space um, attractive in the same level because um, there are so many great games where you survive on planets, like um, Empyrean, for example, I um, played for several hours, or uh, Planet Explorers, um, but they miss space part. And yeah. uh, there's also there are also many space games who added later a planet content like space engineers, but uh, you clearly saw okay they they, they had a space the space game and they just wanted to add some sort of planet, which didn't turn out very well in some games. <laughs> no, and, um, no, it did not. <laughs> yeah, and um, I wanted to make sure to to provide both of them. I think my space um, is. Um, less complex than in main space games and my planets are way less complex than in most planetary based games but um, I want to feature both of it No, and there ain't nothing wrong with that I'm, I mean, I'm glad both are included uh, So you said this is your own game engine? Because I was going to ask yes, about that uh, uh, is, what, well, what, let's, let's start with that When did you start building the engine and what what's it based on? Like C, Java like like Okay. Um, I started computer science in Heidelberg um, many years ago. 
and um, there was also um, a very big um, yeah fascination for game engines for me. And uh, I developed some really small two-dimensional stuff in the past. Um, and besides my uh, job at, at a software company, I wanted to do something new. And uh, I developed my own game engine based on the programming language C-sharp and on DirectX. And that's the only two components I, I'm using. And um, I started with a very small graphics engine that is... I, rendered some polygons, then um, I added some uh, model importer to add uh, models from different file formats, then comes texturing, shading, and uh, at one point, the graphic engine itself was pretty good. Um, I mean, I can't provide a quality like Star Citizen, of course. That's 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 that's, that's yeah. But um, once the graphic engine was in a very good level, I added the other parts like um, audio, like content management, and, and stuff like this. And uh, after one year, I had a very good basis for a game. And yeah, that's when I started the development of Galactic Crew itself. So the game engine itself is also further developed. That's my, my game. Um, and both of them are growing equally at the moment. That's, that's pretty amazing because most of the uh, developers we talk to, they'll either use uh, Unity or Unreal for the most part, which, I mean, I'm not knocking them but i'm sure that making your own engine just adds a level of uh not complication but stress maybe is the word i'm thinking of like i I can't imagine that you know with a custom engine does that make with a custom engine does that make bug fixing easier or harder do you think um for me i prefer working with my own engine um because if i want to add something new like new effects or like um like new type of content um i can just do it uh, for example uh, i don't have the um the um comfort part where I just can go to the unity as a store buy some effect uh, track and drop them on the to my game and wow i i have amazing effect i can't do that of course but uh, what i can do is um i can change everything as i want and I don't have to check about licenses, like in some um, engines where you have very strict license restrictions, but um, I can just do whatever I want. And uh, there are some very nasty downsides with engines like Unity. And for example, the UI is not very easy to do there. And uh, I just can do whatever, uh, any kind of UI I want to do. Right. And and one thing I, I got to admit, I do like the UI. Um, <clears throat> I do like the UI quite a bit. It's very straightforward, which I really appreciate. You yeah, know. thank you. Actually, I was uh, uh, I worked for nine years for, for a software company here in Germany before I quit this job and found my own company um, this year. Um, and uh, my last position in this job was UI designer. So um, actually, the UI was the first thing that I done that 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 I have done for the game. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, it's very clean, which I re- which I really appreciate. Yeah. No, and uh, yes. it makes, it um, makes. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I didn't want to put too much effects in it. Um, I just wanted to be clean and simple. Um, it's called uh, the data rich concept. That is, you should clearly see all your important values, and if you want to have more. Uh, Inside in, in it, you can put your mouse over an, an element and you get a tooltip with all the information you want to have. It's very intuitive. 
Thank you. Yeah, and and so um so uh folks, if you don't know, yeah, we uh the game allows you to do all sorts of stuff. You can mine asteroids, which is not something you could stop and do in FTL, which I really appreciate cuz I love mining. I got to say um you couldn't land on planets. Uh, so are there like, are there going to be, I saw there are space stations. Can you, but I didn't really get a chance to play with those. Can you walk around and, and get out in those as well? Um, at the moment, there's no type of interaction between space stations. Um, you can retrofit your ship. That is, you can change rooms, layout, and um, the piece of equipment. And you can trade, of course. But at the moment, there's no other type of interaction. Um, I also want to add uh, shipyards very soon in a few weeks um so you can um buy ships in game that is you don't have to restart a game for getting a new ship but you can upgrade your ship to a new class oh. in game um i think i don't know if i can do it until the end of next week i'm already working on it but i think within the next two weeks there will be shipyards and other content like taverns where you can recruit new space uh, crew members um but there's no such thing like walking around on space station um, at the moment. But one thing that is very important for me are the players. Actually, it's not just a marketing sentence. The players are important for me, but it's it's actually true. For example, many features which I added are uh, based on feedback from alpha testers. I run a, a large um, alpha test campaign in uh, August and September for around six weeks. And uh, many features were added um, because of, of, of the um, feedback of the players. And that's the main reason I don't release my game as a final product uh, on Friday, but I start my early access campaign. And um, there will be weekly or two weekly polls where uh, players can vote on new content, what they want to have, for example. And then I'm going to edit. And if people want to have space stations where you can walk, uh, walk around, um, you, will, you will get it. Oh, that's pretty great. So, uh, how uh, do you have any kind of uh, idea how long you might plan to be in early access for, or just however long it takes? Um, actually, there, there is a plan. Um, I um, have some sort of roadmap until the end of the year, what I want to add. And I want to run the early campaign for at least six months. That is until the end of March next year. And um, I also have to think as a company. And if the sales are better than expected, then I will extend the um, early access phase to whatever it's uh, required. Um, I plan on running the early access campaign for half a year until the end of March, um, release the game at the end of March. And uh, if everything works fine and uh, the sales are uh, well enough, then I'm going to um, um, continue publishing uh, content updates. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a... Uh sounds like a reasonable roadmap is that anywhere where players can look at it is that like visible to players the roadmap a lot a lot of developers do that that's why i ask um not at the moment no okay that's fair i just noticed a lot of developers um use like trello or something to like publicly have their roadmap visible to uh players which uh is, is i think it's great for transparency but it also invites criticism, so I don't know. It's like a double-edged sword like anything else with early access, I guess. <laughs> or, or they put it into their Steam forum as a sticky. That usually works, too. That's a good point. That's a good point. I forgot. I Even though we have one, I always forget about the Steam forums. <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always forget that Steam is 
its own basically social network as well as a digital distribution platform. I always forget. So your game you must actually pretty complex, yeah. Yeah, it so is, and it's just getting more more so. Now you uh, have commodities in the game. Uh, is there like so? There's actual. It's not just mining, but there's actual trading. So how does the uh, yes? How does the economy work? Is it um, does is it fully player based? Is it like the, is there a simulation going on in the background? How does how does that work? Um, at the moment, the game is only for um, single players. I want also to add uh, multiplayer at the beginning of next year. Um, but I want to um, wait until I have a certain player base. Um, so the players can vote what kind of multiplayer they want to have. If they want to have a competitive multiplayer, that is you can uh, fly with multiple spaceships on the same map uh, and fight each other. Or if you want to have um, some sort of co-op multiplayer where you can play the different crew members of the same ship, um, I want to wait with that. At the moment, the game is single player only. And the economy is um, only local. That is, um, the stuff you are going to sell or trade as is only local for 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 your game, and it doesn't influence any other game. No, I mean, what I meant was, how is the economy like? How does the economy move? Is it like does the do you as the player do your actions dictate how high a price or lower price is somewhere else, or is there like a background simulation going? where how prices are determined basically ah i see um the prices are um calculated on a semi random basis um your actions do not influence the price um one um one way to um, get better prices is by getting the proper um achievements and unlocking the bonus cards for getting better prices uh but other than than that there are different types of space stations um, some of them offer better deals for agricultural products. Some of them offer better prices for industrial products. So you could uh, also make a fortune by uh, traveling um, between two space stations and trading goods. But the price itself um, are stable. They will, they will uh, neither rise nor fall. Oh, okay. That's, that's actually pretty great uh, because it makes uh, trading a little easier. Are you? Is, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say. Sorry, I was just going to say. I spawned uh, as a as a merchant in uh, my second game, and mm-hmm. I had an asteroid field that was directly next to a station, so I just went mining because it was absolutely safe. Yes, and, <laughs> and with with no planets in between, I had no events to worry about. So I just cleared out the asteroid and made. Uh, Tens of thousands in credits because of it. Nice. But, but if you play as a merchant, you should have uh, generated some sort of an Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the nemesis came in. That's the downside, yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah, explain how the uh, the threat mechanic works. It's kind of Grand Theft Auto-y a little bit. Um, yeah, the nemesis are not meant to be defeated. So um, once they appear and they catch up with you, you should be dead. Um, and if not, I, I have made some, some, uh, balancing mistakes. Um, the idea is that, um, you get some sort of reputation. For example, if you are a space pirate and you destroy too much civilian uh, ships like miners or merchants or science vessels, um, you 
generate some sort of reputation as a very strong and notorious pirate. And then bounty hunter ships are going to hunt you down. And um, it's very similar for um, merchants. Um, the more money you generate, the more merchants you are going to attract. That is, um, the pirate um, events are more likely to come. And at some point, you are generating so much um, reputation or threat as an merchant that a pirate nemesis ship shows up and tries to uh, follow you. So how do you, like, can you have your threat go down? Like, if you just stop making money for a while? I mean, or is there a way to manage that? Like, how does, or does it just go up and up and up and up and up? Um, at the moment, at the current state of the game, um, it just goes up. However, um, some players um, suggested that um, I should add some sort of quest system. For example, uh, once you start a game, you get your very first task. Um, so you can just fly around and do everything like you, you, you are doing now. But if you solve some sort of tasks, you get a reward. For example, you get a new piece of equipment or, you, for example, you could reduce your um, threat. And I think I'm going to implement this within the next weeks. So let's say you are a pirate and... Um, you um, destroyed some sort of um, other pirates or you killed, let's say you killed a bunch of very notorious pirates. And so you did something good and then you can reduce your um, threat level again. Something like like, like this. I'm, I'm still working on the concept, but I think um, this will be added within the, next, <clears throat> within the next weeks. Okay, that's super exciting because I, I love quests and missions in games like this. And the fact that you're adding them just... Makes me so happy. Now, do those? Do you get those randomly, or can you go to like a space station and pick them up? Uh, how do? You, um, how does the player get quests? Um, at the moment, there are um, events which are semi-randomly um, uh, generated when you uh, jump to a new system. And besides these events, I want to add quests which are uh, global. That is, they are independent from your current location, and um, some. Quests will be fixed. For example, you, I think the emergent or the space fire will start with the same uh, base quest or base task. And uh, once you complete a task, um, the next task will depend on your previous actions. And uh, maybe you can also get new quests, additional quests on uh, space stations. Like I said before, I wanted to add some sort of a tavern menu for the space stations so that you can recruit new crew members. At the moment, there are different ways to get them. For example, uh, when you find this uh, crush site, you have a chance to get a new crew member. Or by getting certain events, you can also um, add new crew members to your ship. But um, with Space Tavern, you might uh, buy new quests or new um, crew members. Like a little bit like in the very old uh, Pirates games. Okay, that's pretty awesome. I have to admit because I, like I said, uh, one of the th one of the things that bugged me about um, FTL, and uh, I hate to down talk FTL. It's an amazing game, but like you only had basically one objective, ultimately, besides survival. Yes. Uh, yes. Your your one objective was to get to the uh, mothership and kill it, and that was it. And I mean that's great, but I like doing other things. I like like, oh maybe this guy needs a ride, or you know <laughs> to another planet, or you know maybe this person needs a package delivered, or maybe this person uh, 
uh, I don't know, um, needs a message uh, delivered or something. You know, like so. Just like I don't know if you played um, Thirty Thirty Death War Redo Redux Redo. No. Uh, it's a it's a great it's another top down um, kind of escape velocity type game, but it's just full of missions where you can do stuff like that. Okay. And I love stuff like that. I love like little mini objectives. Or space Rangers. Or Space Rangers, yeah. Space mm-hmm. Rangers you go to a planet and they give you like take this uh take this uh cassette tape to this planet. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I so I'm really glad to hear that um side objectives and missions are coming. That's super exciting for me. I'm also a very big fan of quests and uh, I spent some semester holidays a few years back with playing EverQuest 2 and uh, when there's one thing in EverQuest 2, it's quests. We have them everywhere. And uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> wait, <laughs> what? Doing quests and, uh, hmm? Oh, wait, what were, it's, is, what were you saying? What's the thing in EverQuest 2? Oh, sorry. Um, there's one thing uh, in uh, in Eric's tour that is there are everywhere quests. You can do whatever you want to uh, run into new quests. Yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of enjoyed it. It's, it never was some sort of grind, but you just walked around. Oh, hey, new quest. Oh, hell. Good damn. New quest. Yeah, I agree. Like, my, my drug of choice is Lord of the Rings Online. And it, it's the oh, same. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, look at all these quest givers, zippity doodah. I just have a to do list of 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 things to kill and gather, and I'm fine with that. You know, just tell me what, where to go and what to do. I'm good with that. <laughs> just and let me run around this world a bit. Yeah. Extremely. And then you're extremely happy. Oh, I solved all my quests. Let's go to to the next town. Yeah. Oh, quests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. just, it scratches. Yeah. I, I can't ex- fully explain the itch it scratches, but there's some kind of, it's not even achievement. It's just like I did something. I got a little something accomplished. Even if it's kill 10 crabs and farm their uh, their claws or something, something mundane like that. It's just, you spend time in that world, you want to feel like you did something, you know? Yes. So, yeah. so that. that so that is great because because it's it's always it's 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 sometimes weird when you run into a game like this and there are no side objectives at all. That's just a little like FTL, I guess, where it's just like mm-hmm. you you did you did something at this planet and that's a totally self-contained thing. It doesn't relate to anything else. Just just move on now. But but this is a whole universe, like. Well, if there's a person on that planet that say needs to visit their mom on another planet, and I have an I have an extra uh, like crew cabin that I could take them in, you know, like why not? You know, give me stuff like that. <laughs> yep. Um, or also, maybe that person happens to be a fugitive and they're trying to get away. Yeah. And, and yeah. they don't tell you they're a fugitive, so by taking them on, you end up getting uh, the authorities upset with you. So they send another ship and that sort of thing. So it could lead to another quest line in in that way. That yeah. sounds amazing. Um, when um, creating the game and and the concepts of uh, uh, one thing I always had in mind was the television series Stargate, which I really enjoyed back then, um, because the universe is way more than just space. 
space is probably empty. There's, there are just a few planets, there are moons, and uh, but it's mostly empty. But the planets itself, they are so rich, um, they are so different, with different type of races, different type of uh, city civilizations and the technology. And um, my resources are limited compared to large projects like Statism, for example. But um, I want to provide some sort of um, feeling that you can really explore a galaxy and all its planets and to really find new stuff where you sit and think, oh, hey, that's great, that's new. Yeah. Uh, and can you, uh, in your game, can you um, can you ignore quests if you want to, or are they just thrust upon you? Um, most quests or events um, um, can can be turned down. For example, you can, um, let's say you meet a merchant and you can decide, okay, I attack it, um, I trade with him, I do some other stuff, I talk to him, or I just fly away. The only thing that you can't easily escape are pirate um, events when you are attacked. You have a chance to flee. There is a certain chance where you can successfully uh, flee from a s such encounter, but all other tasks can be uh, dismissed. So you can just fly around if you want. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, one one thing um, one thing I I I I did with FTL is there was a mod. Um, where you could actually turn off the uh, the fleets chasing you and all that, and make mm -hmm. it like a pure exploration game. Like there's no time, there's no rush, there's no like there's no one chasing you. Just jump from oh, sector nice, to yeah. sector as you will. And I like that your game has that option as well. Yep. You know, I I really appreciate that because sometimes you don't want to fight. Sometimes you just want to make money. You know, sometimes you just yeah, want to fly exactly. around exactly, yeah. and. And 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 explore planets and stuff, which I I really think is great. And it's funny. I was looking at the um, I haven't landed on a planet yet, but uh, I got to say the uh, planet graphics remind me of an older um, like RPG adventure game called I think it's Dink Smallwood. Do you remember that one? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I didn't know because that came out in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and I think it it was either free or really cheap. But it had all these editors, and uh, I th I think you can still play it. It's pretty great. Um, uh, I think I got it on a CD of a gaming magazine back then. Oh, really? <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, I like how your engine can handle both space and planet stuff. Now you're saying the planet stuff takes a lot longer to accomplish than the uh, the space encounters. Uh, why is that? There's just more events that can happen on a planet. Is it just there's more stuff to gain? Like how how does that um, work out? Okay, the thing is, um, if you are in space and you generate a new um, um, event then um, there's basically one single decision you're doing. For example, okay, I want to trade. And then for one or two minutes, you um, trade with the merchants, um, fishing items and uh, goods. Um, or you uh, choose to attack. Um, a combat normally takes around one to two minutes, for example. But if you walk around on the planet, you need to explore where the resources are, where the merchants are. So um, there is no 
simple decision like, okay, I attack or okay, I want to trade or I want to select this option. But um, you have to explore actually the planet. So you need to move around, um, look for resources, look for merchants, look for quests. And um, this process takes longer. Oh, that makes sense. It uh, does. I, I, I had that experience uh, landing on a planet and talking to some traders. So I was able to get rid of some of the cargo that I'd looted. Yeah, for example, um, if you are lucky and find uh, one of the ancient civilizations, there are big fields of medical goods and there is a very big farming field in north. And um, if you loot all the food and all the medical goods, you get around 50 to 60 units of food and around 20 units of medical goods, which is really valuable and you can survive very long with these, these goods. However, it takes around 15 to 20 minutes to find all of them. So basically, you can invest more time, but then in uh, space events, but you get more in return. In 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 um, in return, or it's let's a say, time uh, investment, but but it's yes, worth right. it because yeah. because you're actually getting something tangible that that is more than just a quick en encounter. Yeah. Or for example, there is uh, one type of uh, planet mission um, where you land on a very apocalyptic place with a lot of raiders, and you have to to defeat them which is really um, difficult because they're pretty tough. But once you defeated them, you have access to around, I think it was around 20 or 30 barrels of weapons, uh, barrels of chemicals and crates of weapons, and they're really highly valuable. So you need a lot of crew management. There is a lot of combat. But once you have done uh, all, um, all these things, you can uh, loot a lot of stuff. And um, I try to balance that you get... a basically the same amount of a reward on planets than space. But since planets are more time-consuming than space events, um, the reward is bigger. It makes that, total sense. That, that's pretty awesome. I, I really like that. That sounds really thought out, well thought out, which I really, really appreciate. Uh, so how big, because it looks like there are in, in the galaxies, like, what, around 100 a hundred places to go, planets, asteroid fields, um, and space stations. Is that right? Like, how big can the galaxies get in your game? Um, at the moment, the size of the galaxy is uh, almost static. Um, the galaxy is randomly generated but, uh, when you start a new game, but the number of planets, space stations, and asteroid fields will be always be similar. Um, at the moment, there are five different types of planets to explore. And they are mixed between all the other space events. Um, but more of them will follow. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Space Explorer if I increase the map size so that you can uh, discover different parts of the galaxy. Um, I'm thinking about it um, at the moment, but um, at the moment, the galaxy is, is fixed. Yeah, and how many, uh, how many places in the galaxy would you say there are? Because I... I my rough guesstimate would be around a hundred or it looked like there were around a hundred different places to go. Like, but how, what is like the number of places it generates per game? Uh, I need to look in, inside my code, but I think it was around something like 120, I think, including okay. the space stations and asteroid fields. Yeah. That, that seems plenty big. Cause, cause you got, I mean, you need fuel and, uh, you need fuel and uh, I mean, energy and, uh, food, to get to all these places and you don't like just about every game I've had, I've starved my crew to death because I've run out of food. 
yeah. because <laughs> because your game is mean. Your game is mean. <laughs> and I ran out of food. I was sad. Actually, uh, food and energy crystals are the biggest difficulty uh, if you fly with the starter ship. Um, once you have upgraded to the next bigger ship, the uh, Aurora class ship, it has it has more rooms, and uh, you can easily turn one of the rooms or two of them into botanical garden. And each botanical garden generates uh, three food per room per jump. So, for example, if you have a crew of three crew members and one botanical guard on your ship, you don't need any food anymore. Man, and that- and if you have, for example, more botanical gardens than you need, let's let's say you have um, your captain and you have two crew members, but you have two rooms of botanical gardens. So you generate six food and medical herbs per um, per jump, and you jump ten sectors, you generated thirty food, which you can sell at the next space station. That that's that that's. That's a little mean to new players that you don't have. They don't have that option. <laughs> but you can always buy food at a station, or that's if you true. Have an event on a planet, you can talk to a trader, and they always sell food. So now, yes. now, now what happens? There are you, ways sorry. around that. Uh, I, I guess I haven't found one yet because I keep dying. Uh, now, what happens when you run out of energy? I haven't had that happen because I always run out of food, but I've not run out of energy. Do you, do you die then as well, or do you get stuck and have to call for help, like an SOS? Like, what happens when you run out of energy? Um, at the moment, you can lose your game uh, by running out of energy crystals. That's you are stuck and you're lost because space is a really, really big place. And if you uh, got stuck somewhere, you are basically dead. Um, you can lose the game by um, having no food at all. Your crew simply starves to death. And... Um, other options are, for example, you are defeated in combat, like by Nemesis ships, um, or you have really, really bad luck with your uh, enemy ships in the in in events. Um, yeah, and the third, uh, the fourth option is that you get boarded by some uh, enemy and they kill all your crew members. Which is why you should always use the peace option, so they yes. don't board you. Yeah. Um, actually, um, I didn't have this option f- um, at first, but uh, the very first feedback I got from alpha testers was um, the first combats with pirates were too stressful for them because <laughs> the pirates boarded their ship. And uh, I said, okay, yeah. So so for new players, um, I added this uh, peace option. So you have just base combat without any uh, boarding. Yeah, I have to say I appreciate that because I think I too would be... Uh would be highly stressed out <laughs> if I had to deal with fighting a ship and uh, bad guys on the ship itself. Now, you say that eventually you can uh, board over to, I mean, board other ships. Can you steal yes. those ships and sell them or upgrade, uh, take parts maybe and upgrade your own? Like, or is it just kill the crew members and, and run off? Like, how does that work? At the moment, um at the moment, it is uh, a second option to damage their equipment. You can um, disable the enemy ships by destroying one or two pieces of their equipment. For the small ships, for large ships, you you need to destroy more uh, pieces of equipment before they are disabled. And when you board the enemy ship, you have the uh, possibility to damage their um, uh, items further. For example, you use your um, weapon turrets to fire on an engine, and you can board the ship with your crew and fire on their shield generator, for example. Um, 
but there are all there are also going to be uh, new types of quests very soon. I'm actually working on them. Um, I'm waiting for a few models from my uh, artist. But at the end of uh, October, so in around three to four weeks, um, I want to add um, a new kind of space event where you encounter lost ships. Um, and the ships might be either completely empty and you can you can just board your team over there and their loot crates to loot and it's just easy. However, there might be also the slight possibility that there are zombies or monsters on it, which uh, inhabited ah. this lost spaceship, and then you have to defeat them before you can get the loot crates. At the moment, it's just boarding and helping you to destroy the enemies, but there will also be a new type of uh, space quest to increase the, the, the variety of quests in space. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Because cause we all love uh, raiding hulks, monster-ridden hulks for loot. Yes, we do. <laughs> Whatever game, whether it's Space Beast, Terrafright, or, uh, or uh, Starfleet Armada, we love finding monster-filled hulks <laughs> and just raiding There's them. There's actually a pretty amazing uh, novel about Star Wars. I forgot the title. But um, there is a small rebel gunship flying through um, deep space, and they encounter a lost uh, Star Destroyer. And they're extremely happy because they think they can board the enemy Imperial Star Destroyer and capture them for, for um, the Rebel Alliance. But as soon as they boarded, they had to find out that the crew was infected by a virus, and the entire Imperial Star Destroyer is um, filled with uh, Stormtrooper zombies. It's a pretty cool uh, novel. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that sounds terrifying. Zombies scare <laughs> yep. zombies scare the crap out of me. Like uh, uh, so that sounds absolutely terrifying. But they pr- I wonder if if they become zombies can they shoot better? You know, like I wonder if I wonder if they could <laughs> Maybe actually their accuracy would go up. Yeah, I wonder if they I wonder if they could actually hit things when they become zombies. Oh, Zombie stormtroopers could be this accurate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like really? Like what? No, they're not. <laughs> but we didn't know that when he first said that. We were like, "Ooh, stormtroopers! They're precise." And you find out however, later. <laughs> however, the stormtroopers hit pretty well in the latest movie in um, Rogue One. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They did do a little better. I think they were tired of getting crapped upon by like <laughs> by like yep. every by like everyone. So they're like, fine, let's let the stormtroopers hit people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, they fight against red shirts. They fire at red shirts and miss, and the red shirts die anyway. Yep. That's true. So you said you have a, an, an artist working with you. How many people are, uh, How many people in total are working on this game right now? Um, the I am the only full-time developer on the game, um, but I'm working together with a bunch of um, freelancers. For example, um, I worked together with some voice artists a few weeks back to record all the voices from the game. They're um, custom-made. Or um, there are artists for um, doing the character models for me because I know how to program and how to develop a game. Um, but I'm extremely bad in graphic design. And uh, 3D is even worse. So I hired people to do these models for me. Some, some models are... Um, from stock, for example, the some piece of the interior, like a computer or a trash bin or a bed or a logger, I bought these in in, in online stores, but the, the rest were made by um, artists I hired 
like the spaceship models, uh, character models, um, the new creature models that are going to come soon. Yeah. They are custom made. <laughs> so, oh, so wait, so you can, even though your engine is a custom engine, you could still add uh, external art assets and whatnot to it? Yes. Um, actually, the biggest part of engine dev development was not to show graphics in a good way. The most uh, time-consuming part in creating this engine was to um, support all modern file formats. Like, they're pretty popular format like called uh, FBX. And FBX can store basically anything, 3D models, entire scenes, uh, camera movements, animations. And however, the documentation on this um, system is not that good, to say it in a very positive way. <laughs> and it took me around 400 hours to support this file format. Oh, my God. And it's only one of many. Um, to make animation happen in the game was not that hard, but to get all the animation data from the different file formats, that was pretty hard. But um, at this point, I'm able to read basically any kind of file format for 3D model animation and stuff. Just put it in the game and I have some sort of um, content pipeline where I can put basically something in it and then I get my own file format at the output. Which I'm I'm going to use for the game. That's amazing. So I guess that begs the question: Will you allow uh, users to modify the game as well uh, once it once it goes live? Will you allow them to like import their own models um, and stuff like that? Actually, if there are people who are interested in modding the game, I want to provide a specific um, interface where they can easily add new quests or content like like. Like this, um, I don't have a problem with modding. I think many games are only successful because of modding, yeah. like Minecraft, for example, yeah, um, or other games. And um, I think modding and the Steam Workshop is a great opportunity because yeah. there are many creative people out there and they want to create new content. They want to participate uh, in some form in the game. And uh, if enough players want to have modding in my game, I will pr provide an interface where they, can in where they can easily add new stuff. Yeah. See, that's great because like, my favorite game is uh, Free Space 2, and one of the reasons it still lives on to this day is because it's it's so moddable, because its source engine it's a it's a source code was released. So I'm I'm always a huge proponent of modding. So I'm really uh, really happy that uh, you're gonna if they want it, and they probably will. I mean, come on, <laughs> people are gonna want that. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you're going to allow people to uh, mod their own stuff into it because that'll definitely give it legs. You know, I mean, yeah, everything's yeah, everything's randomly generated and all that, and that kind of thing will definitely give replayability. But being able to have people add their own quests and ships and whatnot that'll that'll give it a huge amount of uh, of appeal. I think I, th I think that might help sell it better when people feel realize they can tweak it to their own, you know their own desires, which will be great. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> I think um, adding new uh, quests or space events, which are basically text space, um, I think that should be pretty easy. But uh, to support all kind of um, different files and models and scale them in the proper way to fit into in the game might be difficult. And I think I would postpone such thing uh, until the end of the year or until the beginning of next year. Oh, sure. uh, because that takes really... Because um, in in order to provide the players the ability to create new planets, you must have some sort of um, level designer. 
and uh, without uh. a solid level designer, um, people won't have the chance or the uh, possibility to create new uh, levels. Yeah, that sounds like something that could even wait till post-release, I think. If you told people it was yeah. coming, but, you know, I want to get the game done, and I want to make sure it works, and then once it's done, I could work on the tools that I mean to to give you to make it your own. That that seems perfectly reasonable. That doesn't sound like something you need to get done pre-launch, even. You know. Yeah. Um. I. At at one point, I will be, I will be finished with the game. Um. I think I know after after the end of the Atlas campaign, or maybe in in a, in a year or two, and um, I want to um create a solid level design tool for my next project and um, I think I can add it as a mod for Galactic Room so people can create their own planets and their own stuff or their own uh, spaceships That's amazing, so wait, you already have your next project in mind after this one? Um, I have plenty of ideas but uh, at the moment I'm strictly focusing on Galactic Room and um, I will develop it for at least six months during the early access campaign and once the campaign is over in six to nine months, um, I might continue my work on, on the game. But um, I think at the mid of next year, I should start thinking about the future project. Well, that seems totally reasonable. That's yeah, yeah, that's totally reasonable. Uh, and, that, and that actually sounds like a really healthy uh, early access campaign length, especially if you're uh, you're clear about it with uh, users like on your Steam forums and whatnot. Um, yeah. Because I I've, I've found that the it seems like the best early access campaigns are the ones with the most transparency, and uh, the ones with the most um, where the developers are the most communicative with uh, with the fans. So uh, yeah, and I also want to bring some trust back to early access. God, I right? Started a, I started a poll uh, a few weeks back on Reddit where I ask how people decide what kind of uh, games people are going to buy. Or let's say if they buy a PC magazine, they say, oh, yeah, I need to buy this game. Or if they see an uh, online ad, because at the moment I'm extremely busy with uh, marketing um, campaigns and I want to know um, how people decide what kind of game they are buying. And um, a lot of players wrote, it doesn't matter how well the early access campaign is. They wait for finally released games and they never will buy any early access game anymore because they want to wait until a game is um, completely done and they want to see how the reviews are at that point of time and then they will decide whether this game is suitable for them or not. And uh, I bought some games by myself in an early access state which turned out not very well. So I or can abandoned um, <laughs> in some cases they get abandoned. Yes, yes. Um, I don't want to call any names, but I uh, once bought a game in the very first weeks after their release, and they made a pretty uh, amazing first version of the game where you can uh, build a base and defend against aliens. And they wanted to add piece by piece something like Minecraft, but in a more beautiful uh, alienated world. And I was I was saying, hey, this game has pretty big potential. Okay, I have all content visited within one hour, but if they uh, put on uh, online um, updates on a regular basis, it will be awesome. And uh, two weeks after after lunch, there was a big announcement. Yeah, um, thank, you, thank you very much for, for your success. We are moving our company to a new location in London. 
um, in central London. And um, they, um, so we won't be able to publish any updates for the next two or three weeks. And I thought, okay, they are successful. They have, they made some money. They are moving to central London, which is pretty uh, great and pretty expensive. Um, and then they will continue to work. However, as it turned out, um, the, the developers had a problem that the sales in the first uh, four weeks were pretty good. But after that, they dropped dramatically. And then they had an office in central London and they had, didn't have an income. So they uh, ditched the project after a few, a f a few weeks. Uh, and uh, I fully understand why people don't trust early access anymore. And I also know that it doesn't matter how well I do my early access campaign, I can't reach all players. So, um, and, th and this reason I want to run this campaign for at least half a year so I can add more content and that people have the chance to play it. And, um, after the final release, I want to continue publishing updates. Not on a weekly basis, but maybe on a, on, on a monthly or two weekly basis, but um, to reach the players who are not willing to buy um, early access games and they want to wait for a finished game. Well, when people see updates, when they look at a store page and they see, oh, this is how long ago the last patch was released and it's every few weeks or, or yep. once a month, they see that, then that gives them a bit more confidence. And I've noticed that as well. It's influenced my buying decision in several Oh, cases. absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yeah. Definitely. And I think it's enhanced Steam now that'll tell you when the last time a game was updated, like right on the Steam page. And uh, it's really handy because, like, you'll go to a game, it's like, this hasn't been updated in two years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you'll go to another page. Yeah. This was updated a week ago. Oh, <laughs> and I think that benefits me very well because if I go to my own Steam page, which still feels pretty amazing and strange at the same time, um, <laughs> I can uh, see the list of my announcement of and 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 of my up, uh, updates. And, and and you can see I'm pushing updates once a week for uh, five five weeks now. And I'm I'm going to to continue this. And I think if people see there is regular updates and the reviews are good, I hope, then um, yeah, it's worth a buy. Yeah, I got just ties into transparency. I yeah, say. totally. Yes. But I don't know about you guys, but whenever I look at what Steam downloaded today and what it updated, I always look at the view news thing, little view news thing in the download link. Yeah. Just to see what, like, ooh, it's like Christmas. Is there a new mode? Is there a new fix? What's yeah. going on? It's so exciting. So, so I love that. However, <laughs> there are a few games and uh, all the daily lists are bug fixes. And the game is, let's say, five to six years old. And think, okay, they updated some bug fixes. Okay, yeah, that's nice. And then you go back a week. Oh, hey, even more bug fixes. And then you go back. Oh, bug fixes. Bug fixes. And then you have to search for a very long time to find some 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 new content. But that's great though, because I'll tell you, there are some times where I'll like buy a game and then play it for a week and then like move on to something else because I have severe gaming ADD. And uh, then I'll see that oh look, there's an update for it in Steam. What did they add? I'm gonna play this again right now. Yeah. Like it reminds yep. me that I own it and that I should play it. So I love that. So I love constant updates. Even if it's every month, even if it's every few weeks, that's fine. That's great. You know, love it. <laughs> like, I love looking at Steam every day and go, ooh, what got updated? Ooh. <laughs> every day it's like Christmas. On, on, on the other hand, there are times where they will they will put out 
some some new uh, update, but then they won't post an announcement as to what was updated. I hate and that. And then you're left wondering. I hate that. What the hell did they do? <laughs> yeah. Like, I hate like, oh, there's a 1.5 gigabyte update for this game. What is it? And there's like no news about it or nothing. And then you go to their forum and there's no thread about the the fixes or whatever. Like, I think a game just got out of early access that I own and like there was a 500 megabyte patch. And, like, there was no news about what it fixed, so someone asked in the forum, like, what is this fix? And the developer was like, oh, you know, bug fixes and new additions. It's like, no, no, I want to know exactly what you did here. I am fascinated by that. (laughs) Actually, I had the same experience by myself today because um, at the moment, the the game is only owned uh, owned by... um, YouTubers and streamers like uh, you are or some um, people from, from the press or friends of mine, of course. Um, but I got a bug report yesterday evening and uh, he said, hey, uh, my um, the game doesn't start on my PC. And so I looked in, into the code and I found a possible source uh, of, of, of this problem, uh, but it only could um, cause on very old um, operating systems. And oh. uh, But I... I I made a short patch and um, sent it by um, email and said, "Oh yeah, great, it works." And then I deployed this small patch this morning without any in, uh, announcement. And then I got a few emails from YouTubers. Hey, what was the patch? What was it? What was what, what, what was it? <laughs> exactly. It, it was only around 100 kilobytes, and I wanted to add the news in the uh, in um, tomorrow's patch. But um, yeah, apparently I have to uh, write everything down. We are a very demanding lot, us gamers. <laughs> yeah. Very, very yeah, I, demanding. <laughs> I thought it's a 100 kilobyte patch, uh, only um, really required for people running Windows XP or um, oh my God. Uh, Windows 7 SP1. And so um, the hotfix is only important for, for a very, very few set of uh, gamers. So uh, I... Uh, I didn't write an announcement this morning, but um, yeah, apparently I have to do so. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because I I don't I I do a new I do a little thing on my blog every day about what's been what's been going on in space gaming news, and a lot of times I'll be like, mm-hmm. this this game included a patch, which you know does this and this and this, and if like the developer doesn't say what a patch does, like I can't tell my readers what it did. So it's like okay. Uh, but it's it's but, also it's also like we love to see how the sausage is made. Uh, like yeah. we're real, we're real, as gamers, we are so spoiled right now. In so many ways, we are so spoiled. You know, like like I, there's so many. I I, I hate to say this, but so many gamers seem entitled these days, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Sir, why don't you go back to 1990, where if you wanted a patch for Red Baron, you had to mail uh, into Sierra and ask them to mail you a floppy disk, and it didn't include a README <laughs> file. You know, it didn't include like what it was in the patch. You just got a goddamn floppy. D- install this <laughs> and shut up. <laughs> I know. Uh, in the late 90s, uh, I bought myself um, Fallout 2. A really large box with a large manual, um, um, CD with the game on it. And the first thing I did was I sat down and I read the manual. 
Yes. No one reads manuals today anymore. Oh, I, I love reading manuals. I, there, I will buy old... Like, you can download games on Abandonware, you know, older games, but there are a lot of games I will buy on eBay for the manual. Like, I have to have the manual if there is one. You know? So Actually, I, 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 like, I like to buy and collect um, old PC games in the or, or, original boxes on... Um, on um, flea markets. Oh God, I love doing that. Yes, <laughs> even if it's just the disc, I'm like, ooh, I'll just take that. I'll take that. Even if even if the manual is like a CD insert, like that's fine. <laughs> I love flea markets and yard sales so much. I think the um, today it's easier for game developers to distribute their games. Like 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 myself, I can put it on Steam and maybe on on some some other platforms in the new near future, which makes distribution pretty easy. And and I don't need a publisher, so I can do anything on on my own. It's a lot of work, but I can do it. But if I look back in the late nineties, for example, um, you must have a publisher. You need to create uh, the box. You need to press the CDs. You need to print uh, the CD um, cover. Uh, there is so much work to do in the late nineties for publishing a game than um, today, which makes it pretty easy. But I have to admit that I miss some of the old stuff. For example, oh, yeah. like buying Baldur's Gate and having a real map on your table, oh, and man. you can see, okay, I am here, and then I'm walking over there. Yeah, I, I remember mean, many, many years ago, I my family bought a copy of Ultima 3 for our Atari 800 mm. XL. And that came with a cl- nice cloth map. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't large, but it was it was just it was just very nice to have. Yeah. Like I think I think a while back I re- I bought Return to Zork or it was like it was a graphical Zork adventure game. And and inside the box included not only a map but like some crystals and a little like one of those little tie bags yeah. like crown yeah. like crown royal bag type thing, and it's just I miss those tchotchkes, you know those those little uh, those little things that they would just like it was kind of like a small thank you gift like thank you for buying our game. There aren't a lot of people buying games right now, so here's some extra crap. <laughs> And these days, you have to spend a hundred bucks on a collector's edition. Oh my god! To yeah, oh get my god. things like that included. Uh, but I think I would uh, pay some additional bucks for uh, getting a figurine, or for getting a map, or for getting something else. Um, but one thing I really don't like these days are this huge bunch of DLCs. That in order you you have to experience the full game, you need to pay not only the base price uh, but only the season pass, and yeah. I hate it. And this was my main motivation for for um, for my achievements. Like like back in the days on Street Fighter or Tekken, you could unlock more stuff by playing the game. And I just wanted to bring this stuff back. That is okay. You want more content? Sure, play the game. And not you want more content? Hey, I have a wonderful DLC for you. Nah. Uh, yeah, I I don't mind if it's like if it's like if the DLC is almost like on an expansion level. Like I think that's yeah. what um like Endless Legend for example their their exp- their DLC are like those are hefty like those those are like or, old school um, expansions you know Blood and Wine from The Witcher What was that one Blood and Wine from The Witcher 3 
Oh right, yeah. I still yes. need to. I still yes. need to play through those. That's that's totally fine. But um, let's say you play a very well-known shooter, and they bring out four new maps and a new gun, and you have to pay uh, ten bucks. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. That's kind of why I love Titanfall. That's one of the reasons I love Titanfall too, is because they've been um, they learned from the mistake of the first one, and all their DLC has been yeah. free, which yeah. has just been it, wonderful. That. DICE also announced that they want to remove all DLCs from the second Battlefront. Which is smart. Yeah. Because you're, yes. <laughs> you're just slicing up your player base if you have to, if you of have course, yeah. paid BLC, you know? So it just makes total sense. If you're, I mean, no, and who wants to buy a hundred dollars, spend a hundred dollars for a season pass of something, you know, and the game? Yeah. Like isn't yeah. that what the first one was? Like if you wanted the whole game with the season pass, it was like a hundred some dollars or something like that. Ugh. Yeah, pretty much. So stupid. I mean, um, big companies have a really large uh, budget and really large costs for all these developer teams and marketing teams and press and stuff like this, and they have way higher costs than me, of course, and they need way more money to run their business than me, right. of course. But um, I think that the big companies should be able to pay their bills when they just release a dollar game, and that's it. It may be an expansion pack with a really large amount of content for another 10 or 20 bucks, but I don't think it's financially necessary to publish um, small DLCs adding very tiny features, like, for example, um, a well-known strategy game where you can buy, buy additional um, <laughs> civilizations for a few bucks, and I think no, it's just new skins. Yeah, it doesn't or, anything. Or another well-known strategy game where you can spend a few bucks to buy some songs, or some some unit or some yeah. unit graphics. Yep. It's like, can you just sell me all the songs in one go, or like make a soundtrack? I'll buy a soundtrack. I don't want to buy DLC with like three songs in it. Just let me buy a soundtrack. Can you do that? No. Fine. Like, you're leaving money on the table, not selling me a soundtrack. Seriously, like I would buy your soundtrack. <laughs> don't DL, <laughs> don't DLC me out of your market with like three tracks here and two. Tra- like no, that's not how. No. Uh, anyway, we could gripe about that all day, but we should start wrapping up. Um, so, Ben, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us about your game. Uh, you're you're planning to release it on Friday, right? Which is the twenty yes. ninth. I believe. Uh, So, folks, uh, the game is Galactic Crew. It is inspired by FTL, but it it also has a lot of its own flair, a lot of its own uh, level, uh, a lot of its own levels to it. Like, not, like, actual. There are actual levels to it, but, like, it has its own, um, its own layers, you know? And uh, do you know what the price is going to be? Yes, um, the game will be sold in the United States for uh, $19.99. Oh, okay, that's that's fine. That is not that's that's a fine price for this. Uh, so yeah, folks, uh, in the United States at least, it's going to come out on Friday for nineteen ninety nine. Is there going to be like a launch discount or anything, like ten percent or anything like that? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay, that's totally fine. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there right now, even at this but early state, I, folks, there is quite a yeah. lot to do. Sorry, go ahead. There is a way to get a free copy of it oh. um, because I'm going to start a giveaway action on IndieDB, 
IndieDatabaseSite.com. Right. And um, it will start on Friday. And uh, the first 100 people get a free copy. Oh, so folks, uh, IndieDB, right? That's what you said, IndieDB? Yes. yes. Yeah, IndieDB, um, uh, go there on Friday to get a – hang on, I'll put a link in um, the chats here. Ah, uh, yeah, galactic-crew. There it is. Found it. Um, yeah, go there, folks, right there. <laughs> put it in the thing. And uh, you can get a free copy of the game. But, uh, yeah, it's also going to be sold for nineteen ninety nine on Friday. And, it, folks, even at this early stage, it's fun. Uh, it's a, I'm just going to admit it is a bit buggy. It crashed for me a lot. A lot. But maybe it's because I'm on Windows 7? Like you said, I don't know, but uh, but I'm, I know you're working on it. I know you're going to fix that, yeah. Uh, so I'm not worried about it. But um, folks, it's really fun. Uh, it has more. I feel like it has more depth to it than FTL because uh, it has mining. Y'all know how much I love mining. It's, <laughs> it's got yeah. mining. I love mining. If you like roguelike and yeah. space exploration. Yeah. This hits very well on both and after an hour and a half of gameplay I can I can safely recommend it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, easily. So folks, just a couple of programming notes to wrap up. Uh we have a lot coming up actually. Uh Thursday, it's board game night, so we're going to be playing Sentinels of the Multiverse. Uh which I'm sure I will suck at, but Spaz will be a very good teacher as he always is with board game nights. Uh, we're having a special event on Saturday morning at 7 o'clock Pacific time. We are going to be talking and playing with the developers of Eve on Eve, sorry, Eve Valkyrie Warzone, the title of this game. I can't, I always <laughs> want to call it Eve Online Valkyrie, which it isn't. Eve Valkyrie Warzone. Uh, we're going to be talking to the developers of that and playing against them in multiplayer. So that'll be probably hilarious. <laughs> and then next Tuesday on the podcast, we are going to be welcoming the developer of Interstellar Transport Company, which is a game currently in early access that is very Space Buxian in a good way. So that's next week on the show. Uh, but Ben, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on in the middle of uh, your afternoon uh, to talk to us <laughs> yeah. about uh, Galactic Crew. Uh, it's it's a very good game, folks. Very intriguing. A lot going on, and there's even going to be more to come uh, throughout its early access. Get you back. Yeah, we we'll, get you back after launch. Exactly. So. We'll definitely have sure. you back yep. after launch, uh, probably early mid next year. Uh, so I uh, yeah, can't wait to see how the game matures over the next several months. And uh, definitely check it out, folks. Thank you so much for watching. And don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, I don't say this a lot, but if you haven't subscribed or liked or anything, please do that. Please follow, like, subscribe. And we also have a Patreon. Just throwing that out there. We have a Patreon. And if you want to if you want to see my ugly mug on videos, uh, that's a goal for Patreon. That's, I think, our next goal is to get a camera because they're not cheap, especially good ones. So, yeah, just... Uh, if you haven't already, follow, subscribe, check us out on Discord. We're very active there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. Ben, thanks for uh, hanging out. Spaz, thanks as always for being a host. And we'll see you all next time, folks. Have a good one. Bye. Goodbye.